Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 414 Deli. It's your boy, Cisco, as always, with your boy, Ryan. What it do? It's a Friday. It's a Friday. We're a little late. We're a little late, but my, my boy was taking a little vacation, so I wasn't trying to rush him. Yeah, you know, always uh, uh, late, but always on time. Hey, you're on time for what you're supposed to be at. I mean, you ain't never late. Listen to the pod on the weekend. Hey, when you're just sitting Weather's in, in the... the 80s, it's sunny. Bro, it's so the... hot here, dude. I'm not like we're trying to rub it in, but it's like disgustingly hot. No, I don't want that, that though. I mean, it that's... was uh, it, it was 88 today up here in uh, Eshwabana, so I mean, as I feel Jen like des- if it's 88 up here, then it's got to be hot down by you. As Jen described it earlier, it's hotter than Satan's balls. Bro, it's hotter than a witch's titty. I think Joe <laughs> Jankowski used to say that. Like. Hotter than a witch's titty. Yeah, he used to say he that. Did. That's sure. definitely a Joe Jankowski quote. I and don't then, want to take credit for it. Then our quote was, it's colder than a polar bear's toenails. Yes, that was ours. I mean, we got that from uh, uh, the big Roots. Boy. But, yeah. Oh, was it Roots? Yeah, the Roots. Oh, wait, no. Who's no, I think it was Big Boy. Yeah, that's Big Boy. Hey, yeah. one, hey, one point cool, though. One point for Ryan today. Yeah. Stay cool. That was our That's shit. the roots that I was thinking about. Anyway. Anyways, so we're going to bring it back to the roots, if you will, of why we started this podcast. We're going to talk a little Green Bay. Uh, big news came out since the last time we talked about Green Bay. We're going to we're gonna kind of – that's kind of the main topic of today's episode. Yeah. And then we're going to get into a little bit of OTAs. We're not going to spend a ton of time. No, I just but, want to talk about some comments that have been made and some articles that we've seen. And But know, the big light news. Light, light cheese. The big news. Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy with a huge win for the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay, Packer, the Green Bay Packers organization, the Green Bay area, and Wisconsin in general. The huge. 2025 NFL draft will be held in Lambeau, Lambeau Field. What That's... you know what though, man? I mean, I have to say, like, what better place in terms of the the football history? I'm not talking about like in terms of the best restaurants and clubs and all that. I'm yeah. talking about the fucking football history, man. What better place than to have the NFL draft than to have your name fucking called at Lambeau Field? One of the most prestigious you know what I mean? And uh, if they do it right, here's the thing. Everyone's shitting on, like, oh, Green Bay doesn't have the infrastructure. Green Bay doesn't have this, this and that, blah, blah, blah. One, Milwaukee's airport can handle any type of, you know, infrastructure that is going to come in, and it's a two-hour fucking drive. Yeah, right? like, hour, it's and not, 40. hour and 40. Hour and 40. But you I know what I'm that, saying? I like just it's made that drive today. Hour and 40. But it's like... Well, also, who, where are they going to fly into? Well, yeah. you can fly well, into Minneapolis. You can fly into Milwaukee. You can fly into Madison. And, and like, I'll throw this out there. Um, Austin Straubel, which is the airport here in Green Bay, is an international airport. I flew to St. Thomas from here. You know, we went, we stopped in Atlanta and then from Atlanta to St. Thomas. So, like, uh, I mean, the like, think of logically, we have a fucking NFL football team. These players got to fly in, too. They're not from it, here. They don't all live here. The only thing I'll say for the average fan coming to Green Bay, flying into Green Bay is really not financially the best bet, right? 
Oh, Unless yeah, you I mean, get it's it, a little more, yeah, because it's a little, a little more, more expensive. expensive. You can also fly into Appleton. Appleton people fly into Appleton all the time, and then they drive. The I just think that all all the reasons the average fan or whoever's saying like Green Bay shouldn't host it are bullshit. Are people that have never been to Green Bay? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, there's plenty of hotels. If you can't building, find, a, they're already built. A, so, and, like I live here, guys. Anybody <laughs> listening? I live here. I drive around here. Uh, they're already building. They're building hotels near, like where, um, like the bar, Stadium View, and Anduzi's. So I guess I don't know if you want to call that the Holy Grail, the Holy Trinity, uh, in terms of when you come to a Packer game. Those are the three biggest bars right before Lambeau, like huge spaces, whatever. But they're building hotels over there. Which and is, it's in preparation for the draft. Like they, I don't know. Green Bay is already building. Well, I guess my them. point is like one is half built already. Yeah, but but Mark Murphy had to prove that Green Bay was preparing already. So I think these yeah. are like this was this was in the works for years. Yeah. Um, and the revenue alone this is going to bring the city of Green Bay is going to be astronomical. I think I think that one thing you got to look at. Is if you're if because I don't know the I don't maybe you you might know more information about this than I do but in terms of because I this is my grief with the Super Bowl if you're talking about an organization or, or as the NFL as an organization not the individual teams as an organization but the NFL as an organization you're telling me that these teams and obviously the cities that they're located in get more revenue like it's not shared. You know what I mean? It, you're talking about revenue straight into your city. Every fucking team deserves a, a, a crack at this. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, and I've I've been to Kansas City. Kansas City. You've been, been to Kansas together. City. It's a fun town. I am not going to shit on Kansas City as a town. No, but it's, it's a not, fun it's town. Not it's not some but it's, huge city. It's we not went New there, York. bro. We went there I know. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. I remember me, you, Lily, and Rennie. Yeah, we lost. That was we lost. We went thirteen we and one. That was a day. We were thirteen and zero when we fucking showed up, and we yeah. left thirteen and one. You almost yeah. fought old boy's brother. Who me? The defensive lineman, Don oh, Terry yeah, Poe. Yeah, yeah. uh, Don Terry yeah. Poe's little brother was talking shit. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time, though. That was a good. It was a fun game. Like no, fans, they're, well, they're, I left that. They're, they're, the the fans that we were sitting by, they were cool as so. hell. And I Are left that stadium. Yeah, yeah. I left that stadium beers? with. Well, I didn't drink. Remember, I had to drive back that night. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys we, were, we were toasted, bro. Y'all were. T- I was so mad driving home. Y'all motherfuckers was lit. I, think, I was dude, mad do you about remember the game. I bring a bottle of Bacardi. I think I finished that whole bottle. <laughs> that was a nuts. That was. We met nuts. Coper. Remember Coper came. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, to, that shit was to cool. Say, Kansas City. If, if okay, this is. Again, not shitting on it, man. We had a great-ass time. And these are more in my kind of cities anyway. Like, I'm a low-key dude. I'm a dive bar guy. Like, I'm not, like, a, a fucking New York nightclub guy. But they don't have that much more to offer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and, and realistically, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. What are we talking about here? Uh, men for dudes, the players. There's bitches here. There's women here. And when the women, you don't think people are traveling to these events? Like, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, we have. Do you know bars. how many people attended this year's draft? How many? Tell me. Three hundred fifty thousand. 
and again, here's, Kansas City, cool ass city. No, no, I'm not. It's, but it's not me, New York. It's not. Chicago. I'm gonna lay out another. I'm gonna lay out another fact for you. Three hundred fifty thousand over three days. Okay, so that's not three hundred fifty thousand different people, right? That is the attendance of the draft over the three days. That's like when they say uh, Summerfest had over a million people in the first week. Man, five hundred thousand of those motherfuckers are the same people. Yeah, it's yeah. the same people going day in, day day in and day out because yeah, they're yeah, watching yeah. different bands, you know. So it's not three hundred fifty thousand different people. At max, it's maybe one hundred fifty thousand different people, and then they yeah. leave after the first day, and new people come, right? Yeah, eighty-eight thousand people can fit into Lambeau Field. So every fucking Sunday, just inside Lambeau Field, you have eighty-eight thousand people. So how the fuck are you going to tell me? who is an avid Packer fan who has been to Green Bay, how are they going to tell you who lives in Green Bay and experiences the city that we can't handle another 70,000 people outside that stadium with uh, Title Town now, the Title Town district, the parking lot alone? Like, if they set this up correctly, right? They set yeah. it up correctly. There is no doubt in my mind this is going to be a fucking hit to pack to, to sports fans. How many people are going to travel there because they don't have to spend $400 on tickets to go watch a team they don't even want to watch play the Green Bay Packers, who they also don't want to watch, but they just want to go to Lambeau Field? And yeah. this is their opportunity. That, dude, that's a, that's, that is a big – like one of the biggest points. So I give you kudos for that. It's going to be fucking cheaper to come to Green Bay than it is to go see the draft in New York. Right, like, I, I, like let's, 100%. It's like it, it's one the airfare alone is going to be half the price. You, you the can run around this area. Like, I, I'm just going to throw a few things out there, right? Granted, okay, this is not New York, right? It's not Times Square, whatever, but not everybody that's not everybody's jam anyway. Not everybody is going to the draft in, in New York thinking. Oh, I'm going to go to these big nightclubs and see this and see that. You're going to come here to Green Bay and actually have a fucking vacation. You can go to Door County, 40 minutes away, Sturgeon Bay. So about an hour, you're in Door County, you know. You go to see fucking Door County. If you like to smoke weed, an hour and a half, you're in Upper Michigan. Weed is legal there. You like to smoke weed. That's a thing you can go and do. You know, I'm just throwing shit out there, right? Milwaukee, hour and 40 minutes away. If you want to see a, a bigger city and, live, and have that aspect, I have never met. Too. I've literally never met a human being, and I've been around the world multiple times that has been to Milwaukee that doesn't say that is bro that that's a cool ass city. Like yeah, if you're a tourist, out, like Milwaukee, yeah, we fucking lots to offer as a tourist. You know what I mean? I I I don't hate Milwaukee because it's my roots, but I I'll never move back to Milwaukee. Right? I have no yeah, I'm trying not because to it's just it, not it's not what it was when I grew up and I don't want to raise a family there, but if you are visiting for a weekend to go watch like the bucks play, the Brewers play, or just to hit the bar scene, Milwaukee's a cool ass town. Yeah. And you know? they're building They're going to be building a new museum. They got the art museum. That's pretty cool. You know, it's I mean? one of the best art museums in the country. Yeah, like if you're into lot, that, there's so like, it has one of the best and, zoos. And I'll be honest, you, you can go to Appleton. You know what I mean? Like Appleton, again, these are, I'm not like trying to say, this is equivalent to New York. So people that are listening, like, I'm not comparing it. I think that's apples and oranges. What I'm saying is people are shitting on the fact that we got this and, and, and 
shitting on the city and the things around it and saying, well, what's there to do in Green Bay? It, the one thing I'm going to say, when you watch the draft, like I watched it this year a, a lot, the NFL puts on events. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, and you most don't of the need. People go to those fucking events. They're not going, like, oh, I'm going to go to this nightclub. I'm going to go to Town, like, Times Square. I'm yeah, going to do like, this. Like, you're, you're hanging out for the NFL experience. You're trying to see ex players. You're trying to see, you know what I mean, current players getting drafted. You're trying to see celebrities. And, and like, the entire time you talked about Green Bay and the surrounding area, you literally haven't talked about the most important piece. Lambeau like, Field. You can spend an entire day inside of Lambeau Field and still have, like, shit to do. Yeah. They have the Hall of Fame in there. They got the they stadium tour. They got yeah. – I mean, there's just so much to do. And I'm not even talking about the Titletown District where you can – like, they have kids' events. They have massive, like, yeah. uh, slides and a park and a, a football field. Yep, yep. And they – like, if you don't think the NFL is going to take advantage of all that wide open space to – to put on just a fucking show. Well, and you got that's the, the one. The, the rush, the rush center slash expos right across the street. So, so that's like. So this is the one thing Green Bay has that no one else has, and it's open space. There's open space in the Titletown District. There's open space in the parking lot of Lambeau Field because they don't really use it, right? Yeah. Like you walk through on game day, there's not even that many cars in the parking lot. It's just tents and fucking little events and. People drinking and playing cornhole and grilling and and for those of you and all those and houses I, that are over there are all rental houses. They're they're nobody lives there. Well, and they open up their house to and their parking lot and their yards and all this to people like to people. Yeah. So it's like, well, there's nowhere to park. Oh, well, you ain't been to Lambeau Field because you don't I need would, a place would, to park. I would argue that having the draft at Lambeau is probably the closest thing to getting a game day experience at a draft. Oh, a hundred percent. They're not gonna be fucking tailgating in New York, in Chicago, and in that's LA, what my next in point. Miami. And you oh you weren't at this game, but it's okay because you've been to games like this. Not not this exact same. But for anyone out there that's like, well it's gonna be in April and this year it snowed in April and it was you know 20 degrees Bro, motherfuckers are out there with their shirts off in negative fifteen. Yeah. Like, don't don't come at me like that's cold. Like, if you're traveling from out of state, put a fucking jacket on. Yeah. Like, and you, and and I mean, also Kansas City's not the greatest weather. Let's not act like the weather doesn't get shitty down there. That there was raining, I thought, during their the draft there. I only I only I was at that uh, retreat thing, so I only watched it on my phone. I didn't uh, even get I'm to see any sure coverage. It, I'm pretty sure it was raining. But they have it. They had it all covered anyway. But the point I'm trying to make is like, what the fuck is football without some goddamn snow? So you know what? If it snows at the draft, it is what it is. Like enjoy the moment. Because honestly, if it's snowing, it ain't that cold. You and I are from that shit. If it's too cold, you know what it don't do? It don't snow. <laughs> if it's negative yeah. degrees outside, yeah. guess what? It don't snow. It's too cold. It, the shit don't fall. Um, so if it's snowing, it's like 25, 30 degrees and it's, it's not even bad. Like that shit ain't bad. Put a jacket on, throw some gloves and enjoy the moment. And there's going to be so many people. It's going to be like you're packed in the stadium. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's going to, they're, they're going to give the closest game day experience on an NFL draft 
that any town could give, I think, in any city. I, I, I honestly believe that. And that, you know, somebody might say, oh, you're a homer. You're just saying that because you're a Packer fan. I'm saying that, though, because I'm advocating for the area that, that I'm from, that I live in. Like, bro, there's shit to do. Like, it might be different. You might have a different. Fuck, man, you could go fucking fishing. On the Fox River, you could go boat it. You can go on on Lake Michigan. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, granted, the, yeah, April's not the warmest weather here for sure. The but. closest thing to Green Bay, in terms of the population and the way people are, in the last however long where the draft has been, has been Indianapolis and Kansas City. And I say that the mid Midwest people, blue collar people, are different. You don't. You're not going to get it in New York. You're not going to get it in California. You're going to be welcomed in Green Bay. Like, yeah. If well, you go up to the draft in Green Bay, in the entire weekend, you may find less than a handful of locals, less than the numbers of fingers you have on one hand of people that are rude to you. They yeah. fucking understand who, you, like, what you're doing for their community. Like, have you ever been to a game where somebody in the local community was rude to you? I've never been. Like everyone's uh, just nice as cool. hell, and I've been I've been to some losses, you know what I mean, and like and they were fuck. It was miserable. People are like, hey, we suck, we suck today, you know, like hey. But you know what I mean, like it's friendly. Like well, I, 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 I like I'm even, talking about the other end. We I've been to Jacksonville, we won, oh, it sucked. Went to yeah. Tampa Bay, I think we lost, it sucked. Like the fans, the local population are rude as fuck. Like yeah, we lost a playoff game, and my dad. In negative twenty-five degree weather, was taking his clothes off to show his tattoos to to New Forty Nine er fans. Yeah, they just beat us in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, like, and but he's over an here being the bro. Like, exactly. It, it it's an experience, dude. I, I really think that, like, you know, I, and I'm I'm not saying Stephen A. said this, but he's had said this about the, the Bucks in Milwaukee. You know, but those kind of people, those analysts or whatever, I. You hear interviews with media people, ex-players, um, you know what I mean, coaches, and they talk about, like, coming to Lambo And, like, if you're a f- – first of all, you're not going to the draft and, – and, and correct me if I'm wrong, bro. You are not going to the draft, period, if you're not a football fan. Exactly. Because the average fan does not give a shit about their team's draft. They'll tell I, – I get texts from people, oh, who do the Packers draft this year? Bro, because you're a fan, but you're not a fan of the game. Because these are the things that fans of the game thoroughly enjoy. They enjoy the draft. They enjoy seeing the guys and saying, looking at the stats and looking at highlight videos and saying, well, I don't like this pick or I really love this pick. That is a, a That's a fan of the game. Yeah, you're not coming to the draft if you're not a fan of the game. So, if you're a fan of the game, you're going to appreciate fucking Lambeau Field because it's one of the most majestic spots in sports to be. You know what I mean? So many teams have had their places demolished and rebuilt. Even Yankee Stadium, Yankee Stadium went down, and they have new Yankee Stadium. But if you it's ask not a the same. Or seventy year old, they're gonna say this is not Yankee Stadium. This is Lambeau, and it's always been Lambeau. And you know what I mean? Like it's just it, like yeah, a different it, feeling. It is. It completely is. And I, I mean, you and I have been to games together at Lambeau Field, 
And we've almost every game we've ever went to, we talked about the chills you get walking up the Oneida, to the Oneida gate. Like it's, it, I've been to other stadiums. I've been to like five or six. I've seen the Packers play in multiple places. Am I excited to go watch the Packers play? Yes. Am I excited to be at name, whatever Raymond James? Not really. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I could I give. Saw, I went and saw a fucking game against the Lions in Lambeau where Brett Hundley was the starter. You think I was excited about the Packer game? I was excited to be at Lambeau. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I tell people all the time because they, they've asked me before, especially recently with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, like, oh, well, has your fan, like, are you less of a fan? I said, no, because I'm one, I'm not a fan of individual players. I'm a fan of the team. But honestly, like, I think my fandom and my, like, how big of a fan I am is rooted in history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't take the fact that the, the Super Bowl trophy is named after Lombardi for granted. I don't take yeah. the fact that the side of our, 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 our stadium still says Lambeau Field. We haven't sold out. And had, we haven't sold it to AmFam or Bud Light or who the fuck ever, right? Like, we, yeah, we, yeah. we hold these things extremely close to our, like, it's part of what makes us Packer fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's I've always like said the epitome of the Midwest, like, like vibe, you know what I mean? I've always said the day they tear down Lambeau Field or they change the name willingly is the day I'm upset. I probably won't stop being a Packer fan, but I will be legitimately upset. But guess what? It's going to have to happen at one point because structures just can't maintain the safety as time yeah. goes on. But they've done a phenomenal job of up upkeep to Lambeau field and, and, and the, the overall stadium and then making it, um, making it more modern and people don't like it. Like some people, right? Like my dad doesn't mind it, but I know people, my dad's age are like, well, you're losing some of the Lambeau field mystique. No, you're not. You're modernizing it. You're making it to where the NFL isn't now levying like, Hey, you have to do something because you have a, your stadium is breaking down. You know, like your scoreboards yeah. are 30 years old. Like, like they're they doing just in Milwaukee re- right now. Yeah. Like they just redid their fucking, did you know, well, you might've seen it cause you drive by it, but they just redid the scoreboards again this year. They made them like 50 feet wider or something. Oh, like they just I put brand new, like in, I can never see in there. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, but there is, there is a lot of construction going on um, outside of Lambeau on, uh, on like the left side of the Oneida um, gate. So I think that's the side they're putting in the new 4K, like, fucking state-of-the-art scoreboard. Um, and, and all of that, and what people also don't understand, and, and, and people listening to us could be all Packer fans and going, yeah, we know this shit. But if anyone out there isn't a Packer fan, everything is internal to the team. It's either paid for by the city, or it's paid for by the fans, or it's paid for through those stocks, right? Yeah. Nothing is done from some billionaire fucking owner, right? Like, we don't have that. We have Mark Murphy, who is a, I mean, I'm sure he's a millionaire because he's the, he's the president of the Green Bay Packers, but he's not some rich fucking dude who's coming in and just building a brand new locker room. Everything is paid by taxes, Packer fans, internal revenue to the team, and um, revenue of the city. Like, it is literally homegrown, if that makes sense. And that's what makes Packer fans so proud and prideful, you know, 
Yeah. It's, we've managed to stay competitive for 30 years and we don't have a Jerry Jones. That's not normal. Yeah. Which brings me to my segue question. Mark Murphy was elected president. Do you remember when? I had to look it up, so I'm not like um, testing, you, testing your like football knowledge. I looked it up because I wasn't sure. So I didn't, I didn't even know. I don't know, man. I would say like 2003? 2007. Pretty oh, good. Wow. I, on the other hand, thought it was post-2010. So this question now became difficult for me to answer to myself, but I want to hear your, your take on it. Other than Curly Lambeau, because I don't know if we could ever unseat him from the top spot. Other than Curly Lambeau, is there a more successful, renowned owner slash president of the Green Bay Packers than Mark Murphy? Well, I mean, I guess I have to say I don't know any of the other Packer presidents. So, um... Well, I think the only other one would be the 1966 for Super Bowl one because they also won... The, the NFC Championship the two years prior. So they had a three-peat. So... I mean, that doesn't change the fact that I don't know any other president, so I have to say that he has to be the second best. And the reason I say that is... Well... I don't think anyone in... I don't think any fan could ever have imagined us getting a draft. That's yeah. why I. That's kind of why I ask. I mean, right? I mean, I I definitely don't. I didn't think of that when I saw it. I was like, oh shit! I didn't even know we we're being considered. You know, like because we never are. Like even for the Super Bowl, it's never it's never a consideration because oh the weather, which to me is stupid. Because if you're the the champion, you should be able to win in rain, snow, fucking hail, thunder, whatever. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, and I can't even find – the only thing I can find is in 1966, the Packers Hall of Fame was uh, like the inaugural year, <clears throat> and that was William Brault. But it doesn't say if he owned the team as well. But he's, he's inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame. Um, oh, I mean, what, what was the other guy, owner, you said? Uh, well, Curly Lambeau. No, no, no. But you said somebody from the '60s, maybe. That so the guy who was the, the the president in the years in the the year that we won the first Super Bowl, so 1966, and then I think '64, '65, we won the NFC Championship. So if if that was the same owner, he would have won a three P. Yeah, I don't you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm like the list of the past owners. Um. I guess Bob Harlan, right? Yeah, uh, that's a good one. But he brought in Ron Wolf. He brought in Ron Wolf, who brought in Favre. But he didn't bring it. He brought one Super Bowl. So did Mark Murphy. And he didn't bring a draft. You know, so I'm like, but I will say Bob Harlan changed the landscape of the Green Bay Packers, right? We were in a super downslope. And he brought in Ron Wolf, who brought in Favre, who brought in Reggie White, who brought in Jones, who brought in, you know. But shit, I think fucking uh, didn't, what's his name, bring in 
Charles Woodson? Mm, yeah. Buck uh, Murphy? Let's see. Uh, well, him or the GM, I guess. I don't know. Well, it is the GM, but it's his guy. So Vince Lombardi actually was the – what was this coaches? It doesn't say. But – I mean, you, so you have the ten. Ted Thompson, was he the one that brought in? He did, yeah. Ted brought in Aaron Rodgers and Charles Woodson. But, I mean, clearly Lambos are never going to so, yeah, be unseated. And that would be before Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy wasn't. <clears throat> 2007. To 2008. Yeah, so, 2008 season, 2007, post-2007. So, the 2007 offseason. But, clearly Lambo, I mean was the president of the team for fucking 28 years and they won six championships. So like, yeah, you're not. And I mean, the, the man fucking founded it, the Packers, you know, but 61, 62, 65, 66, 67. Well, I mean, like, that was, I mean, Vince says, Lombardi was the GM. It says here he was, yeah. So, like, obviously we know he was the greatest coach, in my opinion, to ever, ever yeah, and then, coach. But, I mean, during those times, some Dominic, I don't even know how you pronounce his last name, was the president, so. I don't know, I just, it kind of. Somebody, I mean, you gotta put it, him up there as one of the most important Packers, then, in terms of players I think so and executives. Too. Because what he's done is he's changed how the NFL now views Green Bay, right? I would say pre Mark Murphy, really pre us getting the draft, Green Bay was viewed as a small town that can't do anything more than host NFL games. Now yeah. we're hosting college, like, he's the first one to ever do college football, right? Yeah, I think, wait, that's this year, right? It, well, the first one was us versus LSU, remember? <clears throat> and then oh, this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this year we play like Alabama. Notre Dame or something? Notre, Notre Dame, maybe? It's somebody I, big. Yeah, I think it's Notre Dame. But my, my point in all that dude, is dude, like. Dude, those tickets are going to be insane. But then he brought the, the Premier League, the, the Oh, soccer. yeah, I went to that. I went to like, that. Uh, Bayern Munich versus. Uh... Yeah, so it's not Premier League, but. It, it was an international well, it was soccer a friendly. game. It was an international friendly. But it, so was... it was one. I think it was a, a, a English team and a German team. I can't remember, but but it was a hit. Yeah. Right. I went to so... that game. Oh, dude, I'm so jealous. That probably dude, was so God. live. Hey, when when I tell you that that soccer match was cracking just as hard as a Packer game. Like, I'm not lying, bro. I bet, bro. Soccer bro, fans was, are crazy. It was cracking, bro. People, it was packed. People were everywhere. They had, like, um, in the Titletown district, like, they had, like, the trophies from each league because I, th- I think each one had won the championship in whatever league that they're in. So, like, they had both trophies there. They had, like, current or, uh, like, ex-players, like, you know, like, out there taking pictures and signing autographs and, like, Bro, it was cracking. There was people everywhere. Like, and I'm like, we talked to people. Um, just you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, we came from here, we came from there. Like, but I, I think, think that it, all goes into him preparing to prove to the NFL that we could host events. 
right? Yeah. We can host the, the Super dude, Bowl. We can host. I, I think the soccer matches the might have been the biggest thing. Like, hey, bro, this is an international thing. We had. I I remember. I thought we talked about this on one of the episodes too, like um, briefly. But I I read something that there were people coming from like eighteen different countries, like that. Like they people like at hotels and all that. Like through the registry, picked up that. There were people from like eighteen different countries, outside obviously outside the U.S. coming to this friendly, this soccer friendly match. Yeah, like it, dude. I, I, and so, like, if you can do that, how the fuck could you not have a draft? Lambeau Fields records the largest U.S. soccer crowd in the history of soccer: seventy-eight thousand people. I'm telling came... you, it was sold out. Came to watch Man City versus Bayern Munich. I'm reading about it right now. People like that were there said it was insane. And I know you were there. My point of it is like, we got like, no, if you told me what U.S. stadium holds the record for the largest soccer game in U.S. history, the last fucking place I would say is Lambeau Field. Yeah. Right? Because it's just like, wow, who the fuck is coming to... I mean, for me, I was there, so... Well, you were there, so... It was... I mean, it was packed, dude. It was But I think this was all, like, steps that, you know, Mark Murphy was... These were... These were calculated decisions. Hey, let's start with a Big Ten football game, Wisconsin versus LSU, and boom, we have 65,000 people, college game days here, the fucking... Area is lit. Title Town District's not even really built. Look, yeah, we, we pulled at that time. I don't think it really was we, like that. We pulled this off. Fast forward three, four years, bringing an international soccer game with two heavy hitters from each league. A hit. Now we're gonna do Wisconsin Notre Dame in 2023. I guarantee it's gonna be a fucking hit. You know. So Dude, these I, were. I, yeah, I get. I could probably text my cousin right now because he's a Notre Dame alum, and he would tell me what the tickets are going for. Cause I guarantee that him or his buddies have already looked into this shit. Like it's, it's going to be big dude. Notre Dame alum, like Notre Dame fans, they're fucking everywhere, bro. They're everywhere. So you're definitely getting a large and they travel. Well, you're going to get a large influx of people for that game. Yeah. I mean, shut up. Plus the shut up. Shout out to one of my old officers. He just left. Tommy Miner. He graduated from Notre Dame. We, uh, I told his one of his troops to uh, decorate his desk with USC stuff before he left. But, <laughs> but he, like, he's a he's a sports fan. He's from Indiana, but like, he would talk about football games at Notre Dame and just how like nuts they were, you know. So I get like from your cousin to to LT like. Notre Dame, you can shit on them all you want. Their fans are crazy. Like, their fans are fucking loyal. Yeah. Like, Notre Dame has a loyal college fan base. So, Lambeau Field area, you know, Green Bay area is going to be cracking for that game. And and Wisconsin fans don't travel lightly. Like, they ain't going to let these Notre Dame fans take over. No, definitely not. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, what? How is How far is Madison? 50 minutes? Um, maybe an hour. No, like probably, it's probably like two hours. Oh, because you got to get on a different freeway, right? So you almost have to go around where yeah, Milwaukee's a straight shot. But that yeah, don't change but, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That don't well, change nothing. The people at Wisconsin, they're 
I mean, they fucking they go to the Rose when we were in the Rose Bowl. Fucking Wisconsin fans are everywhere too. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the thing. Like Wisconsin football isn't just uh, Madison. Wisconsin football is the state of Wisconsin, whereas Florida has multiple teams in the same conference. Or Alabama has Auburn and Alabama, which, yeah, you know, there's more Alabama fans today, but in 10 years, there could be more Auburn fans if Alabama starts having off seasons. Like, they flip-flop just where, you know, whereas Wisconsin fans are Wisconsin. They don't have nothing else. We ain't got nothing else. It's Wisconsin. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's If you can host these things, I mean, I just – I think that – It's... But I think all of these decisions were calculated. You know what I mean? Like, I know there were NFL, Green Bay Packer purists that hated the fact that Wisconsin played LSU at Lambeau Field. Yeah. There were Wisconsin, uh, Green Bay slash NFL purists that hated there was an international soccer game at Lambeau Field. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are you doing, man? This is Lambeau Field. This is where the Green Bay Packers played. No other team other than the Green Bay Packers have ever played here. And Mark Murphy was sitting in his office going, I know what the fuck I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, you got to imagine that all of this was calculated so that when the rest of the the other 31 owners looked at him and go, well, Green Bay's not suited to do this. He goes, here's the receipts, motherfuckers. You know, like, stop, stop dicking me around. I might yeah. not be an owner, but guess what? I have just as much power as every all other 31 of you motherfuckers. I hold the same voting rights you do. The only thing he can't vote on is the financial release something because they have to release their financials due to being a public uh, owned company. That's the only thing he's not allowed to vote on. There's one yeah. thing in the entire NFL and that's it because something about a uh, conflict of interest because the Green Bay Packers don't, so, I don't, it's something to do with financials. I don't know exactly. Um, but everything else, Mark Murphy has just as much fucking power as Jerry Jones on paper. Now, yeah. I understand the complexities of that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, financial aspects. And- well, yeah, I, I doubt Goodell's listening to Mark Murphy like he listens to Jerry Jones. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a different, like. That, yeah. that Notre Dame game is in 2026. Oh, wow. So that's even after yeah. that. It was supposed to be in 2021 or 2022. But because of COVID, they rescheduled it. I thought they were playing uh, Alabama. They are in they are in twenty twenty four. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, that is kind of crazy to think about. That I mean, Madison will be cracking for that. Fucking Madison, Badgers, Alabama. That's nuts. Not not that which, I feel very confident, but which brings us to <laughs> the Packers as an organization, are back in Green Bay. Which you've been seeing some of the homies out. Uh, OTA yeah. started. Rookie minicamp. Yeah. Rookie minicamp, we talked about it a little bit, but really that's a that's very unconsequential in my opinion. Like, it, it's it's nothing. OTAs, yeah. I think, are a little yeah. more. It's still not trading camp. Um, but they are. They're important. There's players that don't aren't even allowed to come to rookie minicamp because you have to be a rookie or a second-year player. So yeah. for the first set of OTAs, we were missing some pretty big names. And um, I, I won't go through the list, but Bakhtiari and Jenkins were two of the names that didn't show up. And for this round of minicamp or OTAs, they did, which in my opinion, Bakhtiari showing up to this is 
is huge personally because of some of the comments he made in the off season. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it shows commitment to the team, you know? Well, I think it changes the narrative of what people were thinking that he wasn't all in. And for a player that's had uh, pretty, you know, two pretty rough years when it comes to his medical situation for him to be in green Bay in May and June, as opposed to California or Tennessee, because I think he now moved to Tennessee. Yeah, I think he lives like in Nashville or outside of Nashville. Um, I think it's for me. It's to me, it's big. And, and here's the biggest, or the, the 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 biggest reason. And tell me if you think I'm off here. Is we didn't draft an offensive lineman. So these second year, third year offensive linemen, like the Sean Ryan's, the John Onion Juniors, the the guys who might not have played up to the like. Josh Myers, and I know those none of those guys are tackles, but they still have their anchor there to give them tips, to give them feedback, to give them this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Bakhtiari has always been a vocal offensive lineman. So the other place where I think it hits hard is just being there for Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, hey man, I'm here. I didn't I didn't stay in Tennessee. I'm not mad about Aaron leaving. I'm here because do I think you're Aaron Rodgers? No, not today. I'd have to be taking crazy pills. Anybody does, right? Yeah. But do I believe in you as a quarterback? I do. Otherwise, I would have held out, you know? So I think him being there was just big. Uh, another – and do you disagree with me there? Or? No, because I think it shows <clears throat> commitment. Because I, I feel like the way his comments have come off lately, it does seem a little bit like, like damn, bro, you don't want to be here, then just say it. Yeah, and I, I got, I never got that feeling from his comments on, the, fuck, what was it? The the boys, the that, busting that with pod, the boys. busting with the boys. I never got that feeling that he was shitting on the Packers. He was just saying, "Hey, I've been in the league eleven years. This is the first time in my career where we don't have Super Bowl expectations," which to me means we are rebuilding, right? Yeah. That's how I took his comments. Now, I understand that's not verbatim what he said, but I was looking at it from – I was trying to put myself in his shoes in his career and, and dissect what he was saying and not automatically jump to the negative of like, oh, he's not in, you know? Yeah. Because I think everybody just wanted to jump on the bandwagon. I mean, of, it's easy to do that, you know? It is because of the fact that Aaron left. And I just don't agree with it. Like, So him being there to me – like you said, shows commitment. Um, and I know you made the joke like, well, I'm paid to be here, but you're not getting, it's like $50,000 to you. That's nothing. You're making 22 mil this year. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Right. That's a fucking drop of water in the bucket. So the other one I wanted to bring up from OTAs and get your take. Well, <clears throat> I had a few comments on OTAs. A couple guys didn't show up that I was a little disappointed in Jair Rasul and Keyshawn Nixon which, again, they're OTAs, they're not mandatory, it's okay, but we have a very young backfield, uh, defensive backfield, whether that's at the safety level or the guys without those three, and I would have liked to see just them, like, even if you're there and not practicing, I'm fine with that, because your presence in the meetings means a lot to rookies, second-year second guys, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I would have liked to see Jair be there. Like, you're getting paid 20 some mill a year. You're the number one cornerback. You're a top cornerback in the NFL. 
like come input your knowledge on the young guys. And if you don't want to practice because to you it's pointless, then, then don't practice. Like it's, a, I don't, I don't care if they're on the field. I want the veterans there one, because we don't have a lot of veterans, right? Yeah. Like we can name them on team. <clears throat> so you missing three days of practice to me is back to that. Like we shit on Aaron Rodgers for how many years? Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and say it, but like not any three of you guys are on Aaron Rodgers level. So if like Aaron Rodgers, is it as important as Aaron Rodgers to be there to work with Watson and Dobbs last year? No. Right. Cause that's different. But is it as in, it is important though. Yeah. So like as a fan, if you're going to shit on Rodgers for the last five years for not attending OTAs and not and uh, voluntary workouts, then, then we got to do the same to the guys that aren't there today who are veteran leaders. Right, yeah. like Jair was pissed he wasn't voted a captain last year. Right, he was super upset about it. He came out and said, "I'm upset." Well, Bo, captains and leaders show up when they don't want to. You know, yeah. so like that kind of bothered me. Like I just I want, and I think Jair is a fucking fantastic player. He's one of my favorite players on on the team. But that's probably why I'm a little more annoyed because like, bro, if you want the clout, if you want to be seen as a leader, you gotta be there. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I mean, <laughs> you you can't expect to get those kind of, you know, um, how do you say it? You know, those titles, those credit, you know, that those that that credit. If you're not willing to put the work in, you know, they they made fun of Devondre Campbell for being at High V during the spring. They're like, bro, what are you still doing in Green Bay? That's the kind of shit that 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 makes you a leader. Yeah, and it, I mean, dude, if you want to get out when there's nothing going on, I don't care. There is not a lot to do as a professional athlete in Green Bay. Like, you're a millionaire. Go fucking enjoy the beach or whatever you enjoy, right? If you're David Bakhtiari, go enjoy the mountains. Do whatever you want. I don't, I don't care. But when the time comes for you to be there voluntarily and you don't, and then when it's time to be mandatory and your team doesn't give you the respect or the accolades that you feel as though you deserve – Maybe you don't deserve them because you weren't there when these guys were learning the playbook and they needed to understand the scheme and you're the fucking expert, you know? So like, yeah, I agree. I just, I wasn't a fan of it because I feel like, I feel like this team has the ability to be a player led team and to rally around the, the veterans. And if the veterans aren't there, these guys are walking around with like, they're like blind walking around without their stick, you know? It's like the blind leading the blind. Like you can only take so much from a coach until you go out there and see a veteran who's been in the league, who's been an all pro player, correct you on defensive stance techniques or whatever as a defensive back. Like you're just going to keep instilling those bad habits. And then by the time mandatory training camp comes around, I'm sorry, but to me, it's a little too late. Yeah. Like, you got to know the, the, the scheme of the football team prior to training camp start. Now you're having coaches teach scheme and not teach, you know, the plays. And like, so <clears throat> that part bothered me. It didn't bother. I think bother me is a, a poor use of the English language. It just kind of irked at me, um, mainly because of his comments after not being voted a captain last year. Like, yeah, if he's hurt, okay then you should probably be in Green Bay getting the train, getting the, the, the treatment, you know, like who's, 
there's no better doctors out there than your professional organization, especially one that's so cautious as the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the last major point for like people attendance I wanted to bring up was in that first round of OTAs, you and I kind of talked about it a little bit in the, in the chat, but Quay Walker got hurt. Um, yeah. Did he, you, I haven't seen anything about it. He came back full participant. So oh. whatever it was, it was super minor. He missed the last day of OTAs in the first round, but then the second round of OTAs, he was a full participant. So to me, and according to uh, shout out to, Oh man, do you remember his name? I'm forgetting his name. Pack a Day Podcast. No, I don't remember. His <sighs> Blanking name. out on his. Oh, Andy Herman. I watch his podcast every day. He was the one that gave a real good breakdown of OTAs. But he said, like he he said, Quay Walker looks like the real deal. And the coaches and what they've shown is they are not going to just have him sit in the middle of the field anymore. Like they had him on the line as an outside linebacker. They had him on the line like. Uh, Zadarius Smith in the past like standing up behind Kenny Cloak or a defensive tackle and rushing straight up the middle like they are going to use Quay Walker in multitudes of, of ways because another player that a lot of people haven't talked about has been transitioned from the defensive back safety um, to, to linebacker and do you know who I'm talking about? Mm, no. Tariq Carpenter. Oh, okay. So they officially transitioned him to inside linebacker, which they said has now allowed them to use Quay Walker in like multitudes of packages because they have a fast little bit of undersized linebacker that can get side to side like Quay Walker can. So I'm I'm interested to see how Joe Barry kind of puts that together. And as much as we shit on Joe Barry, there's one thing he does well and it's coach linebackers. Like, his first year, Devondre Campbell was an all-pro, right? Yeah, after being after being cut by multiple teams. Now, yeah. I understand Devondre had a, a down year last year, but a lot of it was injury. Uh, people forget Devondre was injured a lot last year. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Did you have you read much on OTAs, or do you want me to keep um, going? Because I've. You, I mean, I I really, I mean. I've seen some things. I, I watched the podcast that you had recommended. Um, you know what I mean? So I feel like everything that you're touching on is just the shit that that I, w- I would just kind of co-sign it. You know what I mean? I haven't yeah. really got too involved. I mean, And again, it's OTAs. Love, yeah, yeah. With the love stuff, I was paying more attention. So that um, I'll talk about that last, but there's two more points I wanted to hit of guys that have stood out. Um, one... Well, stood out slash um, not alarmingly missing, but I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Tucker Craft missed the last three days with an undisclosed injury, um, which now on the other side of that, uh, Luke Musgrave supposedly looks like the real fucking deal. Like he is, according to Andy Herman, who watched the entire practice, his takeaway was Luke Musgrave is the Jermichael Finley that Jermichael Finley never became. And if, I mean, well, Jermichael Finley might've turned into an asshole and he became kind of a scapegoat or like a pariah. But when he was on the field, that dude was good. Yeah, he was. But he said, Luke Musgrave looks everything the part that why he was drafted in the second round and why he was supposed to go in the first, um, which I mean, honestly gives, it, it, right. it is. Um, 
Another guy who stood out was Sean Ryan on the line. I guess he's looked really good. John oh, Ryan Jr. I saw I saw a dog at breakfast uh, two Sundays ago at the pancake place. John Runyon Jr. has looked really good. Zach Tom has been the starting right tackle over Yash Nyman. I did um, see that. Supposedly, the feeling across uh, the Packers beat writers that have been, you know, actually on scene and witnessing this stuff is that unless something dramatic happens, Zach Tom will not be losing that spot because he has looked the entire part. Like, he, he fucking owns that right tackle spot. And unless something drastic happens, he probably will be starting there week one, which I think is an upgrade. But Yash Nyman isn't a terrible guy, player. Like, no, I mean, it's it, he's it's a luxury, right, to have yeah. a guy that, he, hey, you have an injury, you can plug him in. That also makes him probably pretty um, attractive to other teams. Wow, this so, guy's losing his spot. Maybe we could trade for him. The only thing I – A lot of other teams. The only thing I don't like is I was hoping Yash would come in and just take take ownership of that right tackle spot and really step up and show why we gave him the $4 million tender, and here's why. So that Zach Tom could go push Josh Myers to be the center we drafted him to be in the first round. Yeah. Or second round, sorry. Um, because I don't think Josh Myers is the center of the future unless he – exponentially steps his game up. He was the weakest lineman we had last year. Um, that's that's crazy to think about. It is, but Zach Tom is also an outstanding center. So if you're going to use him at right tackle, you've now taken our best, I guess, com- competition for Josh Myers and moved him to a spot that I guess the coaches feel he's better suited at. So, and they, they know more than me. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah. oh, well, they, they made a who, mistake. Who else did they have play center? I was <clears> looking at the. Uh... Not John Runyon Jr., the other guy uh, with the hair. The guy with the hair. The guy with the hair. He was playing left guard. Royce Newman? Royce Newman. Yeah. Okay. Because I did see. Um, I was looking at the lineups or whatever, the first reps and the second reps. And I thought I saw a different name at center for one of those sets, but I did see uh, Caleb Jones getting some. Caleb Jones is at left tackle. Um, I guess he looked pretty good. So the second center was Sean Ryan. The first was Josh oh, Myers. Okay. okay. Uh, John Runyon is is almost for sure going to be our right guard this year. Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari will be on the left side. Zach Tom and Yash, I guess, are going to fight for that right tackle spot somewhat. And Rasheed Walker. Um, oh yeah, I saw he got some some has stepped too. up at left tackle behind Caleb Jones, but it sounds like Caleb Jones is taking a pretty good step in the right direction of being that mountain of a fucking man he's slash six, player. Seven. I mean, he's a huge fucking dude. I mean, I think he came into the league three eighty. Yeah, he's humongous. Um, a couple other guys who have been a hundred percent the part that, like, according to how they look, and again, this is in shorts and and t-shirts. Uh, Jaden Reed, which. Uh, I, I appreciated the uh, the clause that was put on Jaden Reed as as he was starting to talk about him was, I need you to understand that his speed is different from other people's. He's really twitchy, you know. Yeah. Um. So him and Love have not been on the same page, so they're gonna need some time. But when they figure it out, he's always open because he's he's just like extremely dynamic, extremely yeah good route runner. It, it's 
it's funny because I feel like we started off OTAs hearing a lot about Samari Tori, and we've been hearing a little bit more about Reed, but also Wicks. Dontavian Wicks is being talked about as a sleeper, just monster by a lot of people, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, really, gonna... I mean, we, we, again, we talked about this during the draft episode and I said, I said, this guy's going to be him and Carl Brooks were my guys to, to really surprise. I mean, Wicks, Wicks was the year before was fucking phenomenal. What did you say in, in that episode? You said he had, like, I don't remember. It was like, like he had like a, a, a almost like a 1700 yards or something. Yeah. It was insane, but that was 2021. And then he had a yeah, down year. And then he had 20... a down year, but, but if he can get back to that 2021, he's going to be on the field a lot. Um, I mean, they're talking about him a lot. You know? And, and then here's the last two that we've heard one. We've heard literally almost near nothing about, and that could be a good thing. And then the other, we finally heard some stuff today, and that is Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Um, it sounds like Christian Watson has had a really quiet camp, essentially. Uh, it, you don't, you're just not hearing a lot out of it, which yeah. is potentially okay. He had a good, uh, he had a good touch, uh, touchdown on a, like a cross pattern in the first OTAs that he boats the hell out of some corner. Um, and I was just like, Oh God, that, that corner just got welcomed to the NFL by the, one of the fastest guys. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like, so I, I read Romeo Dobbs's interview today, but also then a couple other things came out that like, he has been the security blanket for Jordan love all camp, all mini camp and OTAs. Like every time they need a third and three, a third and five, uh, uh, edge rusher comes off unblocked he just unloads it to Romeo Dobbs and and he's there every time um one of the cool things and I think this is going to come back in this offense is what we've been missing for a long time is the slants and yeah the two people I listened to Andy Herman and then the other one I don't even like him so I'm not going to say his name but I watched it um but he covers them every day was there were more across the middle slants and like Z routes and in breakers and this and that than they've seen in the past like 10 years. Um, Crazy. So it sounds like we got the right people to run the type of offense that Matt LaFleur kind of wants to, because Dobbs isn't a, isn't a speed guy. He gets open, but he catches the ball, you know, then you got the speed guy on the outside with Christian Watson to take the top off. Jaden Reed's been taking the top off every day. They just haven't connected. Um, so I don't know, man, like the more I read about this team, the more I like the pieces we've put together. Cause it looks like it was very strategic. Yeah. Super athletic, young. And, and I don't agree with Bakhtiari. Like I don't see us in a rebuild. I don't see us competing for a championship this year. If I mean, not saying we can't, but I don't see it, but I also don't see us rebuilding. We're not retooling. We're just, kind of changing back to what the Packers want to be. And that's going to take time. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think if you look at it two and, and two, <clears throat> there's two perspectives, right? So like, if you look at it, we really didn't compete last year. Like, let's be honest. Well, we didn't make the playoffs. So no, but you know, I mean? we we're one game. We needed one game, but it should have never came to that. So to me, I don't see that as we, 
we were competing. So would la- were we in a rebuild last year? No, right? Because you have expectations. You have a, a, a caliber of roster in place. So I don't think that you look at it as a rebuild. Um, the, does Let me put this out there like this. Um, you know, they the 49ers draft Trey Lance. He goes down. Are they in a rebuild? They get rid of Garoppolo. Are they in a rebuild? You know what I mean? Like, no, they, I get it. Like, the guy's hurt. Maybe he comes back. But he didn't really look that great of the part in the beginning. You know what I mean? But do you, do, do you classify that? Uh, or I get it. Bakhtiari, so the other perspective, Bakhtiari, and this is how I feel that, like, what he said should be taken this way, is that anytime you move on from a Hall of Fame quarterback to – uh, an unknown, right? A guy that hasn't got to play, a guy that hasn't had those opportunities. Um, I think you, I, I could see his perspective. I could agree with you're in a rebuild because you're, 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 but I, again, the term rebuild, right? I mean, I guess if you take it for its literal sense, aren't you rebuilding, right? You're, and that, then the, the thought behind that is you're starting from ground zero and working your way back up again. Right. Yeah. But technically, every team is always rebuilding. Yeah. They and might I call it retooling. I fucking tools. You need tools to build. So it's rebuilding. It's all the same. Thing. I would feel more that this was a rebuild if we traded away Bakhtiari and we traded away Aaron Jones. Right. Because, like, at that point, you're taking away the elder statesman, really, of the offense. And yeah. you say, hey, Jordan. I'll tell you, I, I, I'll t- <clears> I put it like this. If we would have drafted a quarterback with the thirteenth pick, I would have said we are in a rebuild. Yeah. Oh, that that too. Yep. I would agree with that. But we didn't. We retooled. No. And I get what you're saying. I I actually agree with what you're saying about the difference between rebuild and retool is your perspective, right? Yeah. And it's all my perspective. It's, it's... my perspective is the fact that we gave Jordan Love weapons and we gave our defense athleticism is retooling. Like we're changing the landscape of what this organization yeah. has the been scheme, for the last. There's the, 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 the plan isn't really changing to me. Rebuild is, Hey man, we got to come up with a new fucking plan. We got to tear this down. You know what I mean? A rebuild is when uh, I look at, uh, you know, the Browns, right? They drafted Johnny Manziel and yeah. And the, the shit went to, sh- it, you know what I mean? And then Baker up, oh, same shit. They've been in a constant rebuild. You you hit with Miles Garrett, but outside of that, you really haven't been competitive. You trade for Deshaun Watson, you know, now now you're retooling because you're assuming that Deshaun Watson will give you He's gonna go back to where he was in yeah in Houston. But if he doesn't, then have they been in a rebuild? You know, this well, I think the Browns have been in a rebuild since day one. (laughs) They came into their own. It is I can respect Bakhtiari's perspective because I can too. When you aren't, you know, but at the same time, were we in a rebuild when we moved on from Rogers or from Favre to Rogers? I don't think so. I don't. If we did, that was the fastest in history. Like we were back at. But I don't think it was classified that way because what it was classified was we have an aging quarterback that has some talent, but we have a young quarterback that has a lot of talent. And faith in that individual that he can at some point start leading this team, or, or he's going to start leading this team, 
And maybe we're not expecting for this guy to take us to the Super Bowl year one, but we think this guy is going to take us to the Super Bowl at some point. So, so what I do you don't think? I, I think a rebuild is when you say you, you get rid of, you know, your, your star this, your star that, and you just say, you know, perfect example, different sport, the Oklahoma City Thunder. You they give up stars for draft field. picks. They had, yeah, they had nothing. Now, everything that they got in return for basically taking down all the bricks of the building, now they have a competitive team. They're but starting they're to com- come to fruition. But they're competitive because they gave away everything and sacrificed being lousy for probably, you know, three, four, five seasons to now put together a team that is ultra competitive and very young. Yeah, that, to I, me, is a rebuild, but we are not in that. We are not saying, you know, I mean, okay, you could say, oh, well, you know, the receivers are rebuilding. We got rid of Devontae, and now yeah, but even keep Devontae, even Robert. keep Devontae on this roster, we still only have one veteran. You know what I mean? Like, you're not. Yeah, so, you, but I just, uh, yeah, I bring it up because people could say that, but. Yeah, I know. When you, you, you don't look, oh, I'm rebuilt. When you're rebuilding a, a certain position on your team that doesn't make your team in a rebuild mostly only when it's a quarterback but even then you know say love doesn't work out and say joe burrow doesn't decide to decides not to sign with the bengals and we get joe burrow are we in a rebuild uh, we're automatically the favorite like exactly and yeah. it's crazy because the jets went from being like oh on the, on the edge to now all of a sudden oh super bowl or bust or whatever it's like, well, you got your agent quarterback, but you know what I mean? I, I think that you could just, you could flip-flop things. So what do you, you attribute do. it to? Like, let's talk about that for a second. So, we, I mean, you just stated in 2007, when we moved from Brett to Aaron and we made that decision as an organization. It was much more turmoil than it is today with Aaron, right? There were way more Packer fans that were against moving to Aaron from Brett than there are, than there are moving to Love from, from Aaron, right? Yeah. At least from what I remember, it was very contentious. Well, I think now I understand the part. situation was a little different, so yeah. I, I w- want to say that like Aaron got traded pretty quickly, whereas Brett fucking lurked around like a dick in a dick in a pick, um, like a hey, dick in a text. No, I would say no pun intended. Oh, full pun intended. But <laughs> my my point is. Why are we now in a rebuild with Jordan when everybody, when Jordan was drafted and I was going to put this in the group chat, um, you know, kind of segueing into that PFF quarterback discussion where he's ranked 26, but I couldn't find what, what Aaron was ranked. It literally doesn't exist unless I just am searching for the, for the wrong stuff. But I don't think that, well, I'll go back to my original thought. When Jordan was drafted, and don't forget, he was drafted in the same class as uh, Joe Burrow, um, old boy from the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Tua. Tua. And then he was the fourth or the fifth quarterback. I think he was the fifth. I forget who the one was in front of him. Um, but I have mul- I have multiple texts that I've or tweets that I've read from scouts that say, Jordan Love is the most talented quarterback in this draft if he can get out of his own head. To me, that's coaching, right? Yeah. His coaching changed at Utah State his senior year, and he had a really bad year. But physical tools, he was the most talented quarterback coming into that draft. 
what the fuck has changed? Nothing. You know what I mean? So why now is are we wrong for moving from Jordan from Aaron to Jordan? But when he was drafted, all the non people, all the people that weren't against us drafting him, make because we didn't pick someone to help us win a Super Bowl. Those people love the pick. Like if you could look at it from a from a macro level instead of the micro level, it was a good pick, knowing that that was the transition. Like from a fan perspective, we didn't like it because it didn't help us win today. But so that's my question to you: is like, why is it that now we're rebuilding, but in 2007, with Aaron Rodgers taking over for Brett Favre, we're magically not. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. Yeah, like, I, I mean, get it. Just, I I think that that's just like a media thing. You know what I mean? Like, but but what did we know in 2007 about Aaron that we don't know about 2023 about Jordan? It's the same situation. It, I mean, it is. Yeah, a very talented guy who fell in the draft, who didn't have a great senior year, although Aaron did, um, who now has the exact same quarterback coach. And that was my argument, I think, on the last podcast, or the last time we talked about this. Why the fuck would an 80-year-old Tom Clements stay with the Green Bay Packers if he didn't believe in Jordan Love? Yeah. And I'm not even talking about Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutenkunst. They are tied to Jordan Love. They have to believe in him, right? They don't have a choice. Their career is tied to Jordan Love's success. Because if, he does, if he's not successful in the next two years, both of those motherfuckers are gone. And so is Mark Murphy because his contract, I think, is up in 2025. So, like, he you know what I mean? Good even though he brought the draft? I think he – well, I think the way the Packers organization works now is he has to leave. He's spent the max amount of time. Okay. Like, they have, a, they have a cap on how long you can be the owner, and then they'll, they'll vote someone out. Like, the, the committee will vote someone new in. Um, but my point, like, Mark Murphy's leaving no matter what. But Brian Gutenkunst and Matt LaFleur are tied to Jordan Love and his success, 100%. We could go 3-14 and 14 next year, and the defense is atrocious, but Jordan Love plays well. And there's going to be people in the organization, and there's going to be people in the media that say this was a successful season for Jordan Love and, and Matt LaFleur. They'll, they'll knock Matt LaFleur. Joe Barry should be gone. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. their tenure in Green Bay is tied to Jordan Love. So they have to say, oh, we believe in him. You know who doesn't have to say that? Tom Clements. He wasn't there when he was drafted. He wasn't even, he was retired. He was sitting at home chilling. He came back to coach Aaron Rodgers again, and he decided to stay after he saw what Jordan Love had. Why? Why would you do that as an 80-year-old man? Yeah. He could have followed him to the Jets. He could have, yeah, I, I guarantee. He, yeah, he, maybe he loves the game. I don't know. Well, if he loves the game, then he's going to go coach someone he believes in yeah so that's my biggest indicator and that's why i think jordan love's gonna be successful now could he flop of course he could it we've talked about it it's a gamble you know yeah but yeah yeah yeah, we don't have to but i think though and and coming back to this pff story because we decided we were going to touch on it a little bit he's ranked 26 best quarterback in the league and I'm starting a, quarterback, yeah. Starting quarterback, sorry. And I'm okay with him being behind some of the guys, sort of okay. Like I don't really think he's 
he should be ahead of Tannehill, but I understand why he's not ahead of Tannehill. I don't understand why he's behind Bryce Young. And I know we had a pretty heated debate in the group chat about this, so we don't need to get fully into that. But like, no, I kind of want to get into that. That's uh, but, hilarious. But here's the thing: Jordan Love is being like graded or ranked based on what he's done, and it's not a lot. He has like 260 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions in his career in mop-up duty, replacement duty, and like uh, I guess those would be the two chances he's had. Yeah. Has he shined? Definitely limited, limited opportunity. No. Has he shined? No. Has he shown flashes of, of really good quarterback play? I would argue last year against Philly, he was the best quarterback on the Green Bay Packers. Right? I know Aaron went down with a rib injury, but when Aaron played, he was almost, he was, he was not good. Right. Jordan Love came in, led two touchdown drives Looked really good in my opinion, and that I might have been the turning point for the front office organization, like in the organization, saying, "Hey, I think this guy might actually be ready. We got to throw him to the fire." But to be behind a college player who's never stepped on an NFL field, I don't give a fuck if you're number one. There's been more number one busts in the NFL than there have been successes. So, like, yeah, yeah I mean, you, obviously, you you know how how I feel about it. Um, you know, to me, if you're ranking and if starting NFL quarterbacks going into the season, any starting rookie quarterback automatically is at the bottom. Because I mean, if you're going to, you've never stepped foot in, you know what I mean? You haven't even barely stepped foot on with your team. And you haven't even played a a preseason game yet. If Jordan Love couldn't beat out, I don't know, fucking just name a guy who's not very good. If he couldn't beat out that guy to play in the third year, okay, I can see him being ranked in the bottom, you know, third or bottom fifth, like he is. But he didn't beat out Aaron fucking Rodgers after two back to back seasons, and you're holding that against him? Yeah, MVP seasons. Wait, what did I say? Back to back seasons. Oh, sorry, back to back MVP seasons. That's what I meant to say. Thank you. Yeah, Um, you can't fault the guy for that. That's not his fault. Like, Like, fucking Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. Like, and that's why I was quarterback anymore. But he's not fucking trash. I would, I would take him over probably twenty. You know what I mean? Twenty six other guys. If the money was different, I would take him over Jordan Love today. Why? Because one's a known, one's an unknown. If he was making Jordan Love money, I would take him over Jordan Love. But the contract is almost triple. And it and the, and the relationship got strained. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if everything was equal, I would still take him over Jordan Love today because Jordan Love's an unknown. Aaron Rodgers isn't. And it's nothing against Jordan. Like, I hope that doesn't come off like I'm shitting on Jordan. But I believe in Jordan Love. I do. Like, and yeah, this is a homer take, and I'm upset about the stupid ass PFF ranking because I just think C- it's disrespectful. CBS gave us a, a better. They ranked him 24 above Tannehill. But I think I read that one, and Bryce Young was 21. I think. Yeah. If, he was. if I remember right, so you're gonna fucking name that dude 21 and Jordan Love 24, and here's the. 
And here's the point I was trying to make in the group chat. And I think you understood me, but I want to put it in the words. Jordan Love has been in the same system for three years learning behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, a good coach, because I do believe Matt LaFleur is a good coach, and a great quarterback coach. And you're going to put a guy who's never sat in an NFL meeting ahead of him, and he has three years of experience in this system? This guy has to literally leave a college where they didn't play a pro-style offense to go play a pro-style offense, but yet day one, he's better? No, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't... Yeah, I... So, yeah, sure, he sat for the last three years. So what has he literally done for the last three years? He's honed his techniques. He's honed his footwork. He's perfected the offense, like, in his mind, right? Like, he knows the offense. So he has immediately a step up above a rookie. I, and I, I mean, that's I how get... I look at it. You, There's no way that you can say – I mean, I get it. I do, too, because they're doing it's it off of – there, but if you're basing off potential, that's right? not 2023's quarterback rankings today. No, then. then then you need to name it top 20, top 32, you know, starting quarterback potential. Yeah, exactly. These I guys think... have never stepped foot in a fucking game in a, a real NFL game day practice in a preseason game. Like I just don't, I don't see you automatically. You can put an asterisk next to it and say, hey. I wanted to fucking rank this guy 20, but, you know, he's a rookie. He's never played. We got to rank him at the bottom. Uh, that, you know, fucking do that. That's fine. But to say that you know for sure going into the season, uh, Bryce Young is going to be better than Jordan Love, you don't fucking know that. Like, even well, and a I lot get of people to... tell you, dude, that's the biggest unknown. And they're using the projections, and I'm okay with that, but don't – they're using unrealistic projections like the – Carolina Panthers' offense today isn't better than the Green Bay Packers. No, they got rid of their best receiver. And and here's where I'll ask you this. They got rid of their, their best running back? You know what I and mean? The, like, I'm putting you on the spot. We did not talk about this for the people listening. Let's go back to what you said. If you're going to rank this as like a projection type, and I'm not going to put a U on it. I'm just going to say, hey, if you're putting like a ceiling, right, is Bryce Young ranked higher than Jordan Love? To me, you're talking now projection. Because you're not talking reality, right? So if you're going to do that, where the fuck do you put Joe Burrow? Because for me, I think on the list, he was like lower of the top five. I'm looking at it right now. Joe Burrow was three. Okay. Uh, behind, who was ahead of him? Because if he, and then behind Mahomes. See, I, I disagree with that. If we're talking projection, I'm putting Joe Burrow up there as 1B. Dude, they got... They got Aaron Rodgers ranked fifth in this. And, okay, is, that's oh, – but then now you're but, not talking projection anymore because he may this, be out the league in a year. This is crazy to me because I felt in the last – this last season, it was so – media was so down on him. He's at the end of his career. He doesn't look good. He's – I mean, he's, you know what I mean? He's not the same guy he was. But and then let's even – let's even turn – now he's the fucking fifth-ranked quarterback going into 2023. And let's flip it around. He can't handle New York media. He can't do – like, everything they said was against him being successful outside of the Green Bay Packers, yeah. but now he's if the fifth-best quarterback. It, 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 and, like, it, you know what? Maybe the better way to look at it is rank it how you would say, if I'm building a team, 
would I want this guy at the helm? And that's what I asked in the chat. If you if you were building a team today, are you taking Bryce Young over Jordan Love? Because I personally am not. I get people might hear that and go, well, you're an idiot. He was a number one pick. Jordan Love was the 27th pick. Okay, Jordan Love's also 6'4", 220. Bryce Young's 5'11". Yeah. Have, have well, short I mean, quarterback. Let's, let's, but, but like you said, Ryan Leaf, uh, Achilles Smith. Um, um, fucking Joe, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. But other than Ryan Leaf, all three of those other four – were short, not very strong-armed quarterbacks. And what is Bryce Young? Very accurate, short, not big hands, not not a very strong arm. Yeah. They and, are and literally maybe, and maybe another way to look at it is this. Let me ask you this. You you're coming into the season. Would you rather have Bryce Young or would you rather have uh Russell Wilson? Ooh, that's a hard one. Uh I'm probably taking Russell Wilson because I know what his ceiling is. For, for this season, right? So there's well, I know how here. good I know how good he can play. No, That's what I, I meant. That, but I'm saying, I'm oh yeah, yeah, with you because yeah. we're talking about 2023. We're not talking about, and I think this is where it's like convoluted. You know what I mean? Like these rankings because they're not they're taking potential, they're taking possible futures in these rankings by putting Bryce Young 21 over. Jordan Love and over Russell Wilson. They had him ranked over Russell Wilson. And now, over Russell Leo. Wilson had a shitty ass fucking year. But guess what? I've seen him have great years. So Well, we've seen him win a Super Bowl. Like if, yeah, if you're gonna say, hey man, you got this team and uh this is the season you're being judged off of, rank these quarterbacks that you would want on your team for this season. And I guarantee Russell Wilson's gonna be higher than Bryce Young. Then, then Richardson, then, then you know what I mean? Because you're talking about this year. We're not talking about future. You know, Matt was like, he's the number one pick. Look what he did in college, bro. In college, we're talking apples and oranges. How many it's guys completely have we that. Seen How many come got, from exactly. college? Zach that Wilson dominated college and come to the NFL and are fucking duds. We Zach see, Wilson was you like see that more. I'm sorry, you see yeah, that more than you see the opposite. Yeah, 100%, because the rate of success for quarterbacks in the NFL is dismal. It's abysmal. You see more guys that aren't expected to be good, in my opinion. Oh, that guy's from a small college. That guy ends – the chance of that guy being good is – you know what I mean? You're going to have that more than you have the guy being picked number one being good. Uh, Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Comes from a small school. He was picked high. I think he was top 15. But, well, and quarterback is, is like the exception. They're going to get picked high. Because well, yes, the, but it's a, it's a huge I, need. My like support to that point that you made is like it's it's too unknown. Like you can't use college success to project NFL success, yeah, especially that's, that's when the, it, it, that's where the, the that's to me, that's the hiccup. But especially when the intangibles also aren't there. Right, like if if Bryce Young was coming in and he was six five and had a fucking cannon arm, I would almost and I'm using his his uncontrollables against him because they exist. Right, yeah. I'm not using I'm not holding him against him saying he's never going to be a good quarterback. I actually am a Tua believer because of how accurate he is and how poised he is. And Bryce Young could be a very similar player, but I'm taking the six four two hundred twenty guy with a laser fucking arm 
that can put together a ceiling of exponential, you know, heights over the guy who's just going to be a pocket. Like, I don't know what happens when the play breaks down with Bryce Young. He, it just isn't the same. Yeah. Um, and also he's never read an NFL defense. Oh, he played at the SEC. Well, the Alabama would get blown out by the worst team in the NFL. Like, let's stop that. Yeah. Like these are grown ass fucking men out here. These ain't college. guys that have been on the, in, in the league for, you know, multiple years. They've there's a reason multiple training camps. They've, there's a reason you have to be a third year, uh, college student and or 21 years old to enter the NFL. Not to mention the, the emotional pressure. Well, yeah, we're not even talking about the mental side of it. We're talking you know what I mean? just you're purely Bryce the physical. Young. You're you're riding around campus, big man on campus. You fucking come to Green Bay and you throw two interceptions. You fucking you know, hey man, you suck. Can you handle that? Not too many people can handle that. And and, and a recent example of this is Zach Wilson has all the intangibles, all the intangibles. The dude has a laser arm, accurate. Can move. He's big. He's strong. Can't handle it mentally. Can't handle the NFL game. Is Bryce Young better suited mentally coming out of college than Zach Wilson? Yes. Does Bryce Young have the intangibles that Zach Wilson has? He doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you took Bryce Young's mental stability of how he play, how he tested, and how then he played in college and gave it to Zach Wilson, we're now talking about a, a, a pretty lethal guy. But what's, what holds Zach Wilson back isn't his talent. It's, it's his mental stability. And you could go back looking at all of these guys. Ryan Leaf was like 6'5", 230. Could throw the ball like 90 yards. Yeah. But he couldn't read a defense. Like, I mean, it was like an ABC book. <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. The intangibles, unbelievable. Couldn't read a defense. So for you to – for anyone to say – <laughs> But for anyone to say that the guy coming in is magically just going to get it over the guy who's been studying defenses at the NFL level with a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame four-time MVP next to him breaking it down is going to be worse? Get out of here. Yeah, I just that's insane to me. Um, And and let me ask you this, because this is driving me nuts that they have Rodgers ranked fifth here. Um, Are you you taking Rodgers over Lamar Jackson? Well, are we talking 2020 now? Are we back to just 2023? Are we talking 2023? 2023. No. no. Uh, I would agree. I would rather have Lamar at this point. I. What team? And that's an honest uh, question. I'm I mean, not, that's kind of, you know. Are you putting them on each other's teams now? Or are you taking. But is that is that included in these rankings? No, it, it isn't. It isn't. But Because I would say if it is, then Bryce Young definitely should be at the bottom. Well, for sure. Um, yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't know because I still just... believe. I truly do believe Aaron Rodgers still has the talent he needs to be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the MVP this year. I truly wouldn't. Oh, like, I know that sounds crazy, you want me but to put twenty down at Oneida for you. No, no, I'm just saying. Like, it wouldn't surprise me because I do think he's still talented. I think he had a down year because of a lot of the stuff that he didn't. I think a lot of it does fall on his plate. But a lot of it falls on the ownership's plate as well for a 17-year quarterback to bring in really only rookies, you know? Yeah. And it what just never mesh. Jalen Hurts, you're taking Rodgers or Hurts? Well, Hurts uh, – I'm not a huge believer in Hurts' game. That's 
I'd pro- I'm probably going to be a homer with both of those and go with Rodgers, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not upset with any of them. But I don't know if I'm ranking Rodgers higher based off of last year than either of them two, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking Rodgers over Lawrence. Kurt that Rogers, I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. All those for sure. I, I just, I don't believe in any of those guys. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that Matt Stafford is ranked 12th in this considering I feel like he's fucking can barely hold his body together. Well, I, here's, then here's my question for you on the hypothetical level. Are you take, uh, or would Aaron Rodgers never left Green Bay? in a hypothetical situation. He comes back and it's the same situation we're in with just Aaron Rodgers instead of Jordan Love. Is he ranked fifth on that list? No. He's probably no, like he's probably team. out of the top ten. Yeah. So how does him moving to the Jets, because we're not talking about the team, because Bryce Young would definitely not be 21. He's on the fucking Carolina Panthers. Um, so how, you know what I mean? So why yeah. is Aaron Rodgers five on that list? But he def- we both know for a fact he wouldn't be five on a PFF ranking list if he was still on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I mean, even like, I feel like Brock Purdy ahead of Love is kind of. Brock Purdy may never throw a football the same again. He had Tommy John surgery. I think three quarterbacks. I read a stat, and this could be way off because I could have misread it, but like three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have ever done the type of Tommy John that he ever did. He did like a, a, a weird Frankenstein UCL Tommy John repair so that he could come back to throw earlier. So like, yeah, yeah he yeah. may never, he may never be the same quarterback he was last year again. And he was good last year. I'm not going to shit on him at all, but was he a good quarterback or was he a good game manager? Like, are you I taking mean, Brock Purdy over Jordan? I mean, you're, yeah, you're court, it's a quarterback, right? I just think it's interesting but you, that but they here's had the thing. 23, right? But they had Tua at, like, 13. No, I take that back. Tua was 11. I think if you're looking at the year, it's like, well, shit, maybe you'd rather have Purdy than Tua. That's a big discrepancy, 11 and 23. If you're saying Brock Purdy had a hell of a year, like, you're not going to discredit him. I don't think he was 23 bad then. I mean, the fucking team went almost went to the Super Bowl. But again, it goes back to what are we actually ranking this on? Are we ranking it on the quarterback play of 2023? Or are we ranking it on how their team's going to do? Because I would argue that team carried Brock Purdy all the way to the NFC Championship game. Like, Brock Purdy wasn't spectacular. He didn't win games for them, but he didn't lose them. That, to me, is a game manager. And he is he a good quarterback? Sure. But is he better than a quarterback? I don't think he's better than Jordan Love. And I have no substantiating like facts to back that up because we haven't seen enough from Jordan. But I'd say we haven't seen enough from Brock Purdy. And yeah, he's coming yeah. off a major injury. So like, just to support your, that side of your argument, it's like, why is that guy 23? Oh, because of the success he had as a starting quarterback. But that was team success, not individual. Yeah. I think that's just, you know what I mean? There's so many, there's, I don't know, so many variables that you could throw out there. But it doesn't explain it in that stupid-ass article. It just says quarterback rankings for 2023. 
Yeah. It doesn't say, hey, we're using, you know, we're basing, we're basing Bryce Young's projected or his, his ranking is based off of how Tua has performed because they're a similar size and skill set. Because I would say the closest thing to Bryce Young in the NFL today is probably Tua. Not the greatest arm strength, really, really accurate, really good head space, somewhat mobile, really good college player. Yeah. But what has he done to be labeled a top 20 quarterback? Nothing. And, and I don't – I prefer them to have Jordan Love lower personally because it, it keeps the expectations low. But it irks me as a fan that the entire offseason pre-trade, Aaron Rodgers needs to move. Jordan Love's ready, blah, 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 blah. That's all we heard. Packers need to move on from Aaron. We move on from Aaron, all of a sudden, Green Bay Packers, uh, abysmal trade to get, you know what I mean? Like, it's always talking out the, both sides of their mouth when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Like, you can never, they want it both ways. Hey, trade Aaron Rodgers. Oh, what the hell are you doing trading Aaron Rodgers? You have no one in behind him. Well, fucking two weeks ago, you just said, what are we holding on to him for when you have Jordan Love waiting? So, yeah, and to wrap that part of the conversation up, I already talked about Tom Clements. The, the way Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutenkunst and Mark Murphy talked about him, I don't, that, I don't even listen to it. I, I do, but I don't even pay it no attention. The way Tom Clements talks about him, I pay attention because that guy don't have to be there. And the way his teammates talk about him says a lot. Because guess what? They don't have to say anything. They don't have to say shit. Silence is not a indicator of like, uh, you know, silence isn't, isn't consent, if that makes sense, right? If you ask him a question about Jordan and, and you truly don't believe him as a player, there are ways to answer that question where just nobody gets an answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But every time Jordan Love has come up this offseason with a player, whether that's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, A.J. Dillon, uh, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, it's been nothing but glowing. Like, dude, the kid's ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aaron Jones spent money out of his own pocket to travel to California. I believe it was California to go train with and just catch passes from him because he wanted to improve the chemistry between him and his future starting quarterback. And Aaron Jones is one of the loudest critics of bringing Aaron back. Aaron Rodgers, that is. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like, pretty outspoken well about it. But as soon as that happened, he goes, hey, I got a guy here that I now need to, to get chemistry with, and I'm going to go put my money where my mouth is. So to me, the way his position coaches and the way his teammates talk about him tells me the kid's ready for the next step. Is it going to be what some of the stats projections we've seen? I don't think so. Some of them have been pretty ridiculous, like almost 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. I don't see that happening. And then our record is eight and uh, fucking nine. I'm like, wait, what? What? Yeah. You tell yeah. me. Jo- yeah, You're telling me Jordan Love is going to put up MVP levels from the MVP la- from the MVP winner last year, but we're going to go eight and nine? How bad is our defense? Because that's the only thing that you know. The guy's throwing forty plus intercept touchdowns, yeah. interceptions, touchdowns, and we're going to lose nine games putting up. Fuck, I don't even. I didn't do the math, but that's got to be at least twenty four points a game. 
<laughs> and we're gonna lose nine of those. This doesn't make sense, eh? So what? In one game, is he throwing ten of them, and we're scoring seventy-five points, and we're winning seventy-five to three? <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't make sense at all. So, I mean, to wrap my piece up on it, I'm excited about it. I, I'm, I'm just curious to see what it is. As excited as I am, my expectations are surprisingly still very low. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if we go eight and nine, seven and ten, and Jordan Love has a thirty-five hundred yards, three thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, twelve interceptions, something to that extent, because we run the ball more and we just don't let him get into his own head. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised on the other side if he has a really good year. And he surprises people um, because I do think he has the talent. His biggest knock is his decision-making, which I think for Packer fans is going to be difficult to get used to, uh, especially if he makes poor decisions often. Yeah. Well, and I think too, though, then you kind of go back to those people that loved um, Brett Favre taking some chances, you know? Maybe maybe people are a little bit cool with Jordan Love if because I mean the knock a lot of people say oh Rogers held on to the ball too long and you know what I mean stuff like that so maybe it won't be as you know well then I I pull out those five lovers and I ask them hey you were obsessed with Brett Favre but now you dislike Jordan Love and he's making the same decisions no I'm saying I think you're gonna get more people that like it. If it does go that way. Yeah, I don't – I'm not going to like it if it results in interceptions. I'll be honest with you. I got real – I got real uh, – we got real spoiled with the lack of interceptions um, Yeah, but with Aaron. You, yeah, I, I, I guess it's – you know what I mean? It's – but if it gets us wins, if it gets us a Super Bowl, you don't give a shit. Right? I understand what you're saying in the fact that Aaron was – Aaron had times where he was not aggressive at all. And I think we as a Green Bay Packer fan um, would like to see more aggressive play from the quarterback play. So if, if Jordan comes out slinging it and he does throw a few more interceptions, but he takes the chances that we were hoping Aaron was, would have taken in the last couple of years, we're going to be happier in the, as a result. But if they consistently end negatively, we're going to start rethinking like, uh, maybe we don't really like this style as much as we thought we did. Because um, we got so used to Aaron not making mistakes. Yeah. So I think it's like five in one hand or six in one hand, half dozen in the other, because it all depends on the outcome. If he's making those mistakes, but he's coming back to next possession and making a big play and then we're winning games and things like that. I'm dude, I don't give a fuck if he throws three interceptions a game, but we win. Would I like him to play better? Of course. Do I give a fuck how bad he plays if we're winning games? Eh, depends on how long we keep winning. Yeah. If we go win a Super Bowl and the guy threw 25 interceptions, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, if everybody – if it if it just worked out that way and his aggressive play led to a lot of turnovers, but yet we, we won and we won a chip, I don't give a shit. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and go – well, Jordan won us this championship. It's obviously going to be the defense or the running game, but I don't care how we get there if we get there. Um, I just think when if we start losing, 
we're going to turn on him really quick as a fan. Yeah. As fans, because we aren't used to the mistakes. And we know what those mistakes could mean for an organization. They can deteriorate your organization. Um, I mean, I'd love to see the stat of the last time a team won a Super Bowl with the quarterback throwing 20 interceptions. Do I think he's going to throw 20 <laughs> interceptions? I don't. No, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if he is as aggressive and reckless with the ball as maybe some people are like, well, we could use that. Aaron was so passive. Well, maybe it's not the worst thing that he was as passive as he was. Did he leave a lot of plays on the field? Potentially. Yeah. But I mean, did he it's leave? A, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, you know? It is, 100%. And I agree with you. Initially, this year, I would love to see aggressive Jordan. Take the chances. See what defenses do. You know what I mean? Kind of use it as a learning tool but then learn lessons from it you know what i'm saying i think this year is a is a total tryout i think he has to have a total train wreck of a year for us to move on from him and when i say total train wreck i'm talking like top three pick we won two games he threw 25 plus interception you know what i mean like real train wreck because i think there's going to be a lot of house lessons learned this year from us as fans, but also from him as a quarterback. Um, but sometimes you got to make those in order to grow. You know, he's got to see it for himself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost committed this year to, to saying, okay, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to do it, bro, go all out, go balls to the wall. You see a guy going up the seam with a safety over the top and you think you can stick that motherfucker in there, go for it, but learn from it. You know what I'm saying? What I don't want to see is the same mistakes in week 16, 17, and 18 that he made in one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you want progression. If he grows throughout the year, I personally find that as a, as a successful year. And I don't want to get too much into this because we're going to do an episode of, like, love expectations and things like that. But I deem it a successful year not based off of stats, not based off of um, – I mean, maybe off of stats, but not ending stats. Like through the first six games, Jordan Love threw 10 interceptions and through the last, you know, 11 or uh, fuck, I'm blanking out. 17 games. Yeah, 11. He threw four, you know, like he grew yeah. as a player. Uh, that's how I am going to base the success of his season, not off the Packers, of his season. Um because in the end, I don't think it, the record and the stats are going to reflect on the future of what this organization can become. It's going to be, can Jordan Love take us to a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, but that's what it is for any quarterback. True, but if he doesn't show the progression, that's when I will be less – I'll be more worried going into 2024, if that makes sense. If he's making the same mistakes week one, week 18 as he did week one – I'm going to have less confidence in him. Yeah. Um, because the whole thing is, well, we need to see him be thrown into the fire. Well, he was thrown into the fire and he never got out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, get out. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. You know what I mean? I just, I think, you know. I mean, this is just us. Yeah, this is us riffing on, like, shit that don't even mean nothing. Because in the end, like, we don't know much. Yeah. I mean, I think, though, his, you know, his teammates have been talking highly of him, Aaron Jones, and, uh, you know, you sent me that article about Romeo Dobbs having some things to say. 
And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you could chop it up as, well, they're supposed to say that, you know, they, 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 those are your teammates. You got to say those kind of things. But even before, you know, Aaron had big things to say about love, you know, before he left. So I think that while we temper our expectations, it's not far-fetched to believe that this guy should be ranked higher than the 26th uh, highest starting quarterback entering this year. You know what I mean? I agree with you 100%. And you put it very eloquently and, and accurate of how I, we both feel. Like you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. And kind of one of the last things I'll say on this is, you're right, they don't have to say anything. But you said something just now that kind of piqued my interest was like, Aaron has always talked glowingly about Jordan, and he's still doing it to this day. He just did an interview with some nutsack where he bashed the Packers organization again. And that's okay. Do what you got to do, man. I ain't mad at you. Don't care. You're on the Jets. But in that same interview, he praised Jordan Love. Right? Like, yeah. It, it, again, it goes back to those pundits who are like, oh, well, we've never seen it. Well, that guy has. And if there's anyone who can tell you that, hey, to be a good quarterback, you need to do X, Y, and Z, I'm sorry, but I'm trusting Aaron Rodgers. As off-the-wall shit he can say, but in that same interview, he's talking crazy about Goody and things like that, and I'm like, okay, well, you're kind of off the rocker, but then he turns around and he praises the guy who's replacing him. Well, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just bashed the whole organization – why do you praise the quarterback that you essentially got traded because of? Well, because maybe he really does care about the individual, but he also believes in him as a, as a player. Because um, in the end, he doesn't, we go back, he didn't have to say shit about Jordan Love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's a super good point you make. Like his current teammates have a little bit of an obligation to talk good about him and not bash him. Right. Cause you need to keep that cohesiveness of a team. And, but I'll tell you what, the guy who you replaced, he definitely doesn't have to say anything about you at all, but he went out of his way to again, say, I like Jordan as a person. I like Jordan as a player. I consider him a friend. I wish him nothing but luck like the best, and I think he's going to do well. Why would you say that if you're Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, what do you get out of that? What does anyone get out of that other than people just talking shit about you like always? Like, So that that stood out to me a lot when he consistently praised Jordan Love even while he was part of the organization, knowing that this is his successor. But then after he leaves, like, you don't have to say that. So, and he could be just saying it because he wants the people to think he's not a total, you know, wacko, but I don't know. I think a lot of the things he does, and we've talked about this before is extremely calculated. Um, I don't see him praising another player unless he truly, like he means it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we saw it with Devante, how much, and that one didn't go the way obviously Aaron wanted because I, I would bet my entire life savings, which is about 50 cents, but um, that Aaron would have done anything to keep Devante around other than, I guess, take less money. Cause, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, where I'm going with that. It's like, why you got to say, like, just don't say nothing. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of over that shit. Like, you, you know what I mean? At, at some point you keep bashing the organization and, 
then the organization says, well, actually, it went this way. So it's, you know, both, it's just somewhere in the middle, probably. Yeah. But it is 100%. It's somewhere in the middle. I don't think Aaron's completely right. I don't think he's completely wrong when he talks about the way the organization handled it, the way he handled it. But again, I come back to the reason he brought it up. Why talk about a former player? You're not gaining anything from it. Jordan's not coming to be an offensive lineman for you, a wide receiver for you. You're not getting anything by stroking his ego. Yeah, yeah. But if you truly do believe in the guy, you take the 30 seconds to a minute to say, hey, you know, let's stop all this bullshit. We're talking about the organization for a second because they may have done the, like they might've actually done the right thing, you know, cause that guy waiting, the dude's talented. He just needs to put it together. And that's what you and I have said for the last five months, right? If we move to Jordan, he's just now going to put everything together. Yeah. Cause physically yeah, he has the talent. And, and I, I stand by like my initial statement, like, I don't really care how poor he plays this year if he ends up playing poor. It's going to have to be broken down more granular than, oh, well, he threw, you know, less than 60% completion, less than 3,000 yards and over 20 interceptions. Like, I'm personally going to have to get more granular. Because if he starts the year off and he just looks really bad because he, who knows, he just, but he progresses throughout the year, to me, I'm going to be confident. Yeah. Well, yeah, it gives you something, you know what I mean? You, obviously, it's not like the Jets are Super Bowl or bust. We're not in that same boat, you know? No, because I also, going back to the fun organization, other than some of the few veterans, we've set our team up to be successful in two to three years, right? Give yeah. Jordan Love and this group of wide receivers and these young offensive linemen that we talked about earlier in the podcast, you know, that tight end room, some of these defensive players give these guys time to grow together. And in four or five years when they're, you know, fourth, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth year in, man, we're talking about a really dynamic team. And you don't lose that much, that much athleticism from when you enter the, the, uh, the NFL, unless you have a suffer a major injury, but when you enter the NFL to when you're like 26, right, you're hitting your prime. Yeah. So I just think that, the way they built, they've built this team today is not speaking for 2023. It's speaking for 2026, you know, and we haven't even talked about the first round pick for the, for us, right? Like I meant to bring them up in the OTA discussion, but, and, and that's how I'll end my segment of this podcast is Lucas Van Ness, according to Andy Herman has looked the part. He has looked every single piece as the number one pick for the Packers. Like, he's stronger than everyone. He's faster than everyone. He's elusive. I guess there was a play-action drill where they're trying to see if the end holds his gap. Did you read about this? Mm-mm. And he completely embarrassed Zach Tom. I think it was Zach Tom. If it wasn't, it was – I think it was Zach Tom. But, like, filled the gap for the run – pretty much through Tom just fucking threw him like a bag of chips. And he, they said he would have destroyed the quarterback. Like there was no chance. And it was like, 
everyone on the sidelines was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy would have stopped the run, recognized it was a play action, and still would have got to the quarterback because the offensive tackle just couldn't handle him. And to me, all that screams for me is versatility. We can play this guy in multiple positions, and he's going to help our team day one because he's strong enough to play on the inside, go against a guard in a center, fast enough to play against a tackle. Fuck it. Let's go, you know? So, again, it comes back to we didn't build this team to win a Super Bowl in 2023. No, and I don't think that should be the expectation, you know? And it isn't. I mean, if you're a realistic fan. Yeah. But, I, you know, again, I just don't see – 26th ranked starting quarterback entering 2023 just seems a little seems a little off, but you know it is what it is. It it's more that talking out of both sides of their mouth, like type, you know, they want it. They want it both ways. Yeah, it's always been that way with Green Bay. Like, I don't know. Even with Aaron at his peak, it was always like somehow they found a way to shit on the organization. And now it's, it's, you know, Jordan Love doesn't have the tools or Jordan Love doesn't have the experience and he doesn't have the tools around him. Well, maybe if you guys stop putting all these expectations on an organization that is almost admitting without saying, hey, we understand that we didn't build this team for 2023, then maybe you wouldn't have the same negative uh, like aspect. Yeah. Negative outlook because the perspective just sucks. I'm going to, you know, Peter Bukowski is his name and his perspective, like his podcast to me, just every time I watch it, I just, oh, get, like, that guy is always so negative. It's, it's the negative in Rob Domovsky. Like, I don't know how many times the guy who is supposedly committed to us being in a rebuild, David Bakhtiari called out Rob in, in his interview, like five times, like, bro, why, why do you do this? Yeah. And it's almost like, you want me to say something so you can write a story to have people read it. You don't want to cover this team. You just want to cover uh, a train wreck. Like you almost want, we've talked about this in the past. Like there are people that we feel in the Green Bay media that want us to fail so they can write about it because it's more exciting or whatever. Whereas you have like the, which I, that's why. Yeah. It's easier. It's, it seems popular to talk about, you know, the downfall or whatever, you know, it's, it, it's, and again, it's just crazy. Oh, Rogers, he's not the guy, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you get rid of him. Oh, it was the dumbest move. And blah, like, well, hold on, bro. You just said Rogers is the guy, but getting rid of him is the dumbest move. It just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? I'm just, it's just, they just getting people to listen to them. You know? Yeah. And, and, you then have the guys like, and this is why I keep shouting this guy out because if you haven't listened to his podcast, like it is actually really good from a, I'll admit he is a Homer Packer fan. He grew up in Green Bay, Andy Herman, Packaday podcast. Like he's fun to listen to because he gives it, he's not 100% biased saying everything is like peaches and ice cream, right? He, he gives some really harsh realities. he, he talks poorly about a lot of guys on the team saying they need to play better. But he also, at the end of the day, acknowledges, like, 
we still are going to be a competitive team because of the way that the front office has built this team. And I like listening to his podcast because it has the positive energy behind it, as opposed to like the Domovskis, the Bukowskis and whoever else, where it's just always negative. Yeah. You know, every time I open a bleach or. Domovsky's been real negative, even with the, the draft thing, he's having doubts. And I just think that the perspective is, is off because it doesn't need to be the biggest city in the Kansas city is not the biggest city. Oh, Domovsky shit on the NFL for bringing the draft to that, to Green yeah, Bay. And it was I'm like, like bro, you're, you're, you're the dude. Green Bay beat writer. You know who else was like that? Do you remember Kevin Seifert? Yeah. So he started his career in Green Bay. He, he built his career reporting on Green Bay. He was upgraded by the, by ESPN to the NFC North reporter. And then he was upgraded to like an NFL overall. Every fucking story this guy writes is shitting on Green Bay. And I never understood it and I still don't understand it and I'll never understand it. Because dude, they built your career. Yeah. You covering Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and James Jones and Nick Collins from 2010 to 2015 built your career. Like, you were able to write those great pieces because of the amazing play and chemistry these guys had. And now, uh, for years, it was like just shitting on Aaron. And every report, he seemed to be in Minnesota. I'm like, why, why are you always in Minnesota? Like, you're the, <laughs> you're the NFC North reporter, not the Minnesota fucking beat writer, you know? Yeah. I, I lost a ton of respect for him. And same thing with Jason Wilby. Like, always, always so negative. And it's like, bro, you used to be the main Packers beat writer until you got fired. Like, you pissed off Aaron Rodgers. You lost your show with him, Tuesdays with Aaron. And next thing you know, every question is negative. At least five times a season, Matt LaFleur has to call out Jason Wilde for some bullshit-ass question. And I'm like, bro, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, this is how you want to spend your career. I don't get it, you know? Then find a new job. So I agree with you, dude. The negative aspect from even our own media just drives me nuts. It's okay to scrutinize, but give credit when it's due. And that just never happens with these guys that are continuously scrutinizing. And I think if I'm speaking for you, that's our biggest beef with the with Wisconsin or Green Bay's media is that they never give flowers where they're supposed to be, you know? Yeah, like it's just sure. always, it's like, oh yeah, sure, good job here, and you won back-to-back MVPs, and then you followed it up with one of your worst seasons ever. How do you explain that? But shut the fuck up. Like, how about that? How would we just do that for a minute? <laughs> you know, like I would do. I would shut the fuck up. Yeah, you weren't shitting on me last year when I threw forty touchdowns and five interceptions, but the second I start playing a little down, you want to just put my career in a coffin? Like, bro, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like shit drives me nuts man I'm gonna go find these motherfuckers like you found Sean Ryan and ate some of his pancakes bro why you eat that man's pancakes nah he he, he ate his own pancake bro That's bro why was you eating that man's pancakes he was right the right next to us it was kind of funny but yeah well man. I think I went on a rant enough for this episode uh, if you're still with <laughs> us you're you're a true fan, but 
this is probably about how a lot of the off season is going to go when we talk about the Packers. Cause uh, I'm a little more vocal about my uh, frustrations with the way the media is covered in green Bay. Cisco kind of just likes to listen to my rants and kind of give his injects, which is okay. But um, you get me on this kind of pedestal and I just kind of, my emotions get into it. Yeah. I get on a soapbox. You got to start taking the soapbox away. Yeah. And you need to start regulating. You need to start putting the hammer down, but good episode. I appreciate you. It's Friday. Appreciate you. Friday night. Go grab a drink or something. Enjoy it. Tell Lena I say hi. She's in Florida, bro. You have oh. a chance of telling her hi yourself. Hi. Although she's probably far as fuck away. Although Andrew Andrew was messaging me while we were recording and he said to tell you what's up. Oh, what up, Drewski? Hope you Hello. enjoy this pod. I know you gonna stay till the till the last minute. Yeah, he um, always does. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. But yeah, as always, brother. So wait. Yeah. Next week, maybe not. Or is it next like- week we are on. The okay. week after, you guys might get a special guest as I will be a- attending to a newborn. Um, so I'll be taking a week, at a minimum, a week hiatus. And when is next it- week? When does your mom and pops get there? They get there Saturday. They get here uh, sun- Saturday, Sunday, and then the baby is, uh, the appointment is on Monday, so okay. the 12th. So. Really, the 12th, probably for about a week, I'm going to be straight dadding it up, making sure Jen's got everything she needs, and, and probably take a week break from the podcast. I don't need to be recording in, from the hospital while a little man's trying to sleep or some shit. No, but, um, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to don't need to be. Give, we're gonna try to give him something to listen to, though. He don't need to come out the womb mad at his dad. <laughs> my dad's a hoe. Yeah, my dad's a hoe, went on a two-hour rant about Packer Media, and I was three days old. This motherfucker <laughs> couldn't even change a diaper. Oh, man. Uh, well, enjoy your weekend, bro. Everybody you else too, enjoy your weekend. Yeah. I'll holler at you. Peace. Peace.